Hello, Amanda Smith here. Thanks so much for joining me on yet another episode of How She Did It. As always, so happy to have you with us. So after this episode is over, before you leave, if you haven't already, which I'm fingers crossed, hoping that you have, you hit that subscribe button. That way you can come back each week. So this week's guest is a veteran in the sports media business. Back in 2015, she was named ESPN's very first NFL insider. And since then, well, she's taken her career into her own hands. Just last week, she announced the start of her own company and show, Undefined with Josina Anderson. Yes, this week's guest is the incredibly trusted and respected, the one and only Josina Anderson. Take a listen. Smith here. Let's welcome on in Josina Anderson to the show. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on my podcast. Of course, of course. I'm always, um, you know, open to helping out the, um, you know, young people in the business. And, you know, I was definitely there and know what it's like to be on your grind and trying to make the climb. I've definitely, uh, you know, been in this business over 15 years. I've, you know, experienced the you know, the full arc of, of, you know, doing what it is that I do. So um, I'm happy to help. Happy to help. <laughs> you are so appreciated. And um, like huge news, you just announced the start of your own company and show. First and foremost, mm-hmm. I want to say congrats. How exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's been a labor of love to try to get it off the ground. Launch Undefined with JosinaAnderson.com. Um, and it's also available on Apple and uh, Spotify and Stitcher for those of people who like to consume their content on podcasts. Um, you know, we were able to get actor Boris Chestnut and comedians um, Roy Wood Jr. and Kev on stage who are big on social media and on the Trevor Noah's Daily Show on Comedy Central to do the show. So, um, yeah, very exciting. Um, you know, a lot went into it, getting anything off the ground, creating my own studio, photo shoots, trying to get sponsorship, marketing, all this other stuff. But we are up and running and um, glad to be on the side of ownership and, um, you know, just directing my content and my career as opposed to on the other side, at least at this point. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to ask you because I have to imagine that there's just something so uniquely powerful almost in knowing that you are your own boss was Mm -hmm. this always an idea that you had well I've always uh you know wanted to have my own show and this is a way to go about doing it um you know over the course of my you know 15 plus however year career um you know I've been blessed to gather and aggregate a lot of contacts networking and resources that I'm now feeding into my own self instead of another entity and investing in myself, you know, um, with the pandemic that has allowed a lot of us to be at home more, work virtually, um, you know, created time. And it would be very remiss of me to, you know, have this time pass and not use it to build and craft something for my very own hands so that no matter what is going on in the world, um, whether it's the coronavirus, whether you know, we're getting ready for a big political shift, you know, whatever happens or just change in management at your job or you move on from a job, you, you should always have anybody, not just me, but anybody should always have something that is of their own that they can 
turn into uh, something that they can, uh, you know, work on monetizing. To have established yourself as an NFL insider, one of the most trusted in the business, why now push yourself to create content in a new way in space? Because my network and my resources travel with me. You know, they're not loyal to whoever I'm working for. You know, that those are relationships that have been built over time. So, you know, fortunately, because of years of, you know, sweat and tears and all that other stuff, you know, even though I like uh, building faith equity and being in the locker rooms and stuff like that, and I, you know, still will eventually get back to that, um, I don't have to be in person or in locker rooms to get interviews or get information. Um, so, you know, having that ability in the time where access is limited is even, you know, more um, beneficial, you know, to me, or a matter of fact, the word is advantageous. So, you know, like after the games on Sunday, I'm planning to unveil, you know, the virtual look of my show as well, you know, being live on social media and being able to get the guys right after the games or, you know, the presidential debate is next week, Tuesday, you know, and they go, you know, live or, you know, tape around that. I mean, the reason why the show is named Undefined is because it, it is undefined. It could be one thing one minute and next week it could be the next. It could be, you know, one-on-one interviews. It could be multiple interviews. It could be talking about sports. It could be talking about politics. Somebody who is actor could be talking about sports. You know, the point is, is that nothing is boxed in. And I think that that kind of goes back to, I guess, the name of your show, Undefined, is that as your own boss, you can make those decisions. I can make the decisions. You know, somebody asked me, is it going to come all regularly? Is it going to be this, going to be that? And I was like, oh, no, soon enough, <laughs> funny enough you feel like it looks like the first one. It's going to be what it's going to be. Just watch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, does it matter? <laughs> right. I you mean, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I'm telling you, know, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it good. So who cares, you know? <laughs> I love it. I'm just going to make it good. So why does it matter? Make it just good. listen. Why does it matter? Just watch. Right. You know, I'm going I'm to make it worth your while. When you look at the course of time it has taken you to build a national brand for yourself that you have undoubtedly earned, what are some of the pivotal moments throughout your career that maybe stand out to you most? Oh, man, I mean, a lot, you know, from interviews that I've been able to get with uh, big-time people, whether it be Richard Sherman, Odell, you know, Earl Thomas, uh, Brandon Marshall, I mean, you, you name it, I've, I've pretty much sat down with them, or, you know, breaking news, um, you know, obviously, you know, making it to, you know, be a national uh, person, also becoming uh, the first uh, female insider even at ESPN ever, and there's still not another one. Um, you know, because it's very hard to have that level of access over 32 teams. You know, most uh, reporters will cover one team. Some will, you know, have a division. Some will break news over, you know, multiple teams. But then you got to do it consistently. Um, it's a whole other thing to have access to all 32 teams um, and, and to do it consistently week to week. So that's something that I'm definitely, you know, proud of to, um, you know, achieve. Um and, you know, just in terms of, uh, you know, working all over the country, you know, there's no aspect of my career that anybody's really given to me. Um, you know, I've been out on the road, earned my stripes, um, you know, made sure that I learned what it is that I was talking about so I could, you know, credibly sit by the men and experts in my, you know, in my field and talk about labor issues, talk about contracts, money, 
you know, whatever it is, the sport, the statistics, the analytics, um, and to do so in a way where you're not, like no one's even thinking about whether you're female or whether you're this or whether you're that. Um, I think that that is, um, you know, very, 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 very uh, important. And, um, you know, I'm not one of those people of the luxury of failing forward or, you know, being mediocre and someone still giving me a chair just because they like me or they like my agent. Like anything that I've had to do, you know, I'm basically, you know, stayed there because my production, you know, qualified me or forced me to even keep, you know, whatever seat I had for whatever time. Um, and now it's really just taking all of that and, you know, putting it and harvesting it in my own basket. When you look back to 2015, like you mentioned, being hired as ESPN's first female NFL insider, I always, you know, see like breaking news, like team sources, leak sources. We all know the tweets and, and the posts and what we see on TV, but how did you initially over time gain the trust from those sources? Because I can imagine that like they're not just telling every every person, obviously. They're inside information. So how did you build those relationships and, and gain that trust? One by one and also not reaching out to people when you need something. You know, like a lot yeah. of my sources and people that I talk to, I talk to them regularly. You know, not just when um, I need um, a story. And then also, you know, most most of the things that I put out, you know, they're not, it's not like they're unaware of, you know, it's not un, it's not uncommon for you know a player to know exactly word for word what it is that I'm going to tweet out, um, and just like especially if it's a quote from him, making sure that you know we have it right, you know, and all this other stuff. And you know, people appreciate you taking time, you know, to make sure, and that way you don't really have any worry about there being some backlash, you know, after the fact because you know you're already on the same page before something is tweeted out or. Um, like I said, you know, reaching out and contacting people regardless of whether you need them. Um, and also just playing the long game, knowing that, you know, I always assume every conversation that I have, the entire thing is off the record. And then I ask after if it even, you know, warrants asking anything, if they're okay with this portion or this, me saying this. And they say no, they don't have to even blink about whether it's going to, you know, stay private. You know, I probably report about, 40, 50% of what I know, if, if that number, mm -hmm. and most of the time it's just conversation, but it gives me great anticipation about what to, you know, ask down the line, because I may already know, but just not putting it out, you know. Was working in and around football something that you always anticipated that you wanted to do in the beginning of your career? Uh, no, I was a bigger NBA fan and was actually known for breaking, um, NBA news at the outset of my career, um, especially when during my time in in uh, DC. And then over time, I became a bigger football fan. And I think the NFL just works for me. Period. Because it's not that many teams. It's kind of why I'm not a huge fan of college football. To me, it's just too many teams <laughs> to fully, you know, master. Um, you know, I think the amount of teams in the NFL is perfect. The the stories, you know, more intersect. Um, you know. Uh, it, just in, even in comparison to basketball, you know, the regular season is way more dramatic because every game counts because it's not as many games. So, you know, I just enjoy the NFL more. I mean, even the playoffs, uh, you know, I just, to me, I just feel like the NBA needs to be two halves. You know, it's too long. <laughs> it's just not what it used to be in comparison to when Michael Jordan was playing and those guys just played the 82 regular season game a lot harder um, than they do now. Um 
and even now the storylines, I mean, you know, you know, I don't know, like if I, if I get it, if I'm, you know, watch it cool, if, it, if it's on, but I'm not watching it, the playoffs of the NBA, like I would even a regular season football game. Right. You know, I think that there's a whole debate in itself that the NBA's 82 regular game season, people are like, well, does the regular season even matter at this point? So it's like, mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see over time if there's any sort of changes and maybe even cutting it down like 10, 15 games and having some sort of plan for minute. You know, like there's that there, I would anticipate that. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe, well, in my opinion, the future. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, the season needs to be shorter. And the game needs to be shorter. It's just, you know, the first and second half is just, excuse me, the first and second quarter is just, I don't know, maybe it goes from 12 to 8 minutes, you know, or something like that. But whatever tweet that helps to force them to play harder, sooner, more, you know, more um, consistently. I understand now the game is more, you know, aware of load management and, you know, not wearing guys out. But, you know, guys back in the day, you know, in the Jordan era and the in the Magic Johnson era, I mean, you know, those guys weren't worried about load management, you know. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll you know, see. We'll see. You play, good lord, you know, you're not building a house, you know, or constructing. I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying that. Like, I don't listen. I was a D1 athlete. I ran track for Carolina. I certainly understand. I, you know, I'm being I'm being a little bit more facetious. You know, with regards to it's not like I don't understand preserving yourself and and the and the intellect that goes behind stretching out your career by you know watching how much you're pounding on your body. But you know what I'm saying is if that is the case and, and load management is more of a concern now, to me you have to tweak the. You can't have this uh, abundance of focus on load management, but still have an 82 game season because then, you know, guys aren't playing and it's just not as interesting. You know what I mean? Not as right. frequently. When did you first realize that you could use sports as an avenue to pursue as a career? Um, I would say I was pretty much knew what I wanted to do by between, I would say pretty much by seventh, eighth, between seventh and tenth grade, I knew what I wanted to do. And oh, lucky. Stuff to work that early. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I was a part of this, you know, the school, you know, announcements, and we put productions on for the announcements. And I was in a communication arts program in high school and the journalism program. I was doing internships, you know, in high school, you know, working for Tony Kornheiser at WTM, working at PGC for Donnie Simpson, you know, did the thing with the Stuart Scott working at ESPN, I think when I was like 19, 20, you know, as an internship. So, you know, I, I had been known for a while what I wanted to do. If you could look back over the 20 plus years that you've worked in this business and go back to the very beginning and tell yourself anything that you know now, what would it be? You know, just being a lot more strategic about um, when I say how I feel about things. Um, You know, I definitely think it's important to have a strong voice. I would never, you know, kill my voice. Matter of fact, I'm doing things to hone and have my voice more out there. But, you know, when it comes to managing uh, people and things behind the scenes, you know, um, you know, it's a doggy dog world out there. And you can be as eminent, uh, preeminent as I am in my field as a female um, and, you know, still have things go on. And that's just, you know, the facts of life in terms of managing people, managing, you know, life, managing other things outside of just, you know, producing and being great. And, um, 
and and that's the whole game within the game. You know, there's the game that you cover. There's the, you know, the game of, um, you know, just, you know, managing, you know, people and politics and things like that. And then there's just, you know, managing life and all those things. And it's tough to be, you know, five star in every sphere of your life at, in, in any single moment um, and all of them at one time, you know, but those are things that you, you know, you learn with time and wisdom. But one thing I do know is that no matter what happens and how life ebbs and flows is that, you know, you do have your name, you do have your voice and you do have your skills. And those are things no one can take away. And instead of looking at, you know, what rods and stones, you know, people can give you to build a house, you have to look at what's already in your hand, which is your hand. You know, you can make anything with your hand and go get the stone and go grab it. You don't have to wait for it to come to you, you know. Dang, you're like, oh, make me cry or something. <laughs> sure. I, uh, I mean, I've hard. been through a lot of stuff. I mean, I've been in this business almost 20 years. I mean, you know, yeah. there's pretty much nothing I haven't seen. You know, anybody could, you know, sit down, any young journalist could sit down and talk to me about any situation they're going through, and I probably have, not, you know, 10 stories for, you know, any given situation, if not, a, you know, 100 more. So, you know, I, I have seen a lot. I have, you know, you know, earned my stripes across the country. I've met a lot of different people, been through a lot of different things, had a number of, you know, highs, had a number of lows, um, and all those things you take with you. But what I do know is that, you know, regardless of what happens, you know, I'm not perfect, but I do think that people read, you know, how I approach things and how I talk and how I sound and how I relate as I'm very authentic. You know, what you're seeing in front of you is what, is what it is. And, um, and I think authenticity is, and, and empathy on top of authenticity is a, a very important quality to have. To that young journalist that would say to you, I want to be in the position someday that you are in now, in addition to knowing your craft and empathy and authenticity, what are some of the other skills that you feel are necessary to succeed in this business? I mean, you have to, you have to um, have, you know, good knowledge um, about what it is that you're, you know, covering. Right. Because first and foremost, no matter whatever it is, you know, information is a commodity. And if you have the information, you, you know, you definitely have an advantage. You know, most of my peers, you know, get their information from sources. We all have our sources, but I also have, you know, a lot of direct contacts. They don't mind me saying their name when I break stories. You know, um, I don't necessarily have to go through indirect people to get to the, to the things that I need. And if I don't know a person, I've been in the business long enough to, you know, have six degrees of separation with somebody to be able to get, get to who that person is. Um, so you got to know you know, what you know, and make sure you know it. Because even when I come in the locker room, even if I'm fashionably dressed, you know, the players and the people, front office, PR people, they know that I know what I'm talking about, first and foremost. So right. you have to know what you're talking about. And if you have 10 minutes to go, you got to be live. Um, you know, you want to spend, you know, seven minutes making sure that you have command of your material that you're about to go live with in front of the camera you spend the last three getting yourself ready in terms of being camera ready. You can always throw glasses, glasses on and lipstick. You know, you have to know those shortcuts to make sure that you <laughs> go in front of the camera and don't bobble. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wanted to play a quick little five-question game with you about mm -hmm. your favorite things. Just a mm -hmm. mixture of different topics here. So, <laughs> first up, 
This, these might be kind of hard because they're very general. Your favorite moment throughout your career? My favorite moment throughout my career? I, um, I'm I sure know. that there's I, many, I, many, many, many. <laughs> I, I have many, many of them, but, you know, I certainly enjoyed the interview that I did with Odell and Little Wayne. I think I just, I just got a real kick out of that. That was a, <laughs> you know, a big moment for me. Um, you know, obviously winning an Emmy is another one, you know, you know, covering the Super Bowl, becoming a, you know, an, an NFL insider, all of those things. Um, you know, so I, I've got a number of them, but those are the ones that come to mind. That wasn't fair for me to pick, make you pick one because you've got like a million different accolades. You're like, how do you expect me to choose? What? <laughs> right. It's all right. It's all right. Okay. I promise. I'm on your, I'm on your team here. I'm your teammate for this game. Okay. <laughs> uh, favorite event you've covered? Um, definitely the Super Bowl. Um, that's obviously the um, apex of, you know, coverage and, and, and the sport that I was uh, working for with my former um, network. So covering the Super Bowl is definitely uh, for sure the best. I mean, it's tiring because I don't really get to enjoy it, enjoy it. Um, yeah, it's me hard with my dog. Um, I don't really get to enjoy it enjoy it because, you know, I'm covering it and working it, you know, around the clock. But I certainly understand the grandeur of what I was doing and appreciated it. Sidebar, what kind of dog do you have and what is his or her name? Oh, um, my dog's name is Nala and she's a Tibetan Spaniel. Oh, yeah. We love our furry friends. Yes, yes. <laughs> She's creeping up beside me, like, yeah, you know, wait, don't forget me. I want you to scratch my back. So she's like, hello, wrap here. this up. Don't worry, Nala, we're almost done. Oh no, it's all good. No, she's fine. You have, in addition to you know your beyond imaginable skill set, right? You have like an amazing taste in fashion. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Love it. <laughs> what is maybe one of your favorite? outfits you've worn um well the outfit that I had for the Super Bowl was pretty cool the way it came together you know the woman who put the uh um you know skirt together for me um you know she uh, I believe she came in from Holland or Germany one of those countries and uh-huh. she just I wanted to wear one of her shirts for Super Bowl and um and she happened to was going to be there anyway to you know treat her boyfriend so that outfit with the boots, I thought that came really well. I had a signature haircut. Um, you know, I spawned to France and covered the uh, Paris Fashion Week last year. Had a number of great outfits for that. Um, you know, Tony Matisek, he's one of my favorite uh, designers. I always typically, you know, find something to wear from him. Um, you know, even for this photo shoot that I just did for the launch of Undefined. Um, you know, we got some great pieces from District 5 that lent a lot, a lot of clothes for that shoot. So, so definitely, um, you know, I definitely appreciate that. But, I mean, I've had a, you know, big time into clothes and probably less now for the first time in a long time since, you know, my studio. I don't necessarily need to be as dressed up. Um, but, you know, I don't want to let people down in that respect because they kind of expect me to, to see me. But it, it takes such a big effort. You know, I just need to go into a machine where I can just dress me, do my hair and do my makeup, and I can walk out and be done and then be like, yeah. 
<laughs> I know exactly the outfit that you're talking about for the Super Bowl. It was like the pink boots mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. kind of like purplish skirt. The skirt. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was so good. Yeah, it was so good together. And it was like a good mix of sexy but professional um, and edgy, but, you know, still pop. So all of it came together. And you have to hit those notes, even like with the outfits that I chose for my photo shoot. You know, everything is still classy, but still edgy. And, it, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a, you have to have an eye for how to put those things together, you know? Yes. Oh, and you've got mm-hmm. it. You've got the eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sell it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been okay. developing my style and my, my taste <laughs> for a long time. So, you know, I know it when I see it, you know? Yeah. All right. We've got two more. Two quick ones. Mm-hmm. Your favorite sports team? I mean, I would just have to really go more sports league. I mean, I definitely prefer the NFL above okay. you know, all sports. Right. Um, you know, if there's a game on, I can pretty much watch it. I mean, there are a few teams that are probably a little less like that. But, um, you know, I would definitely have to say the NFL. I mean, back in the day when the Legion of Boom was a big thing with the Seattle Seahawks, that at the time covering those guys on that team was probably my favorite, uh, you know, team to cover, excuse me, cover because I – I like, you know, alpha personalities, you know, I like, you know, the, you know, the physical nature of the sport and, you know, they all embodied that. They were all very, very talented, you know, football players, but had individual minds. None of them hesitated speaking about how they felt after a game. So, I mean, if you were covering that team, I mean, like that was just like coverage of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is, you know, the most important question, Um, favorite food. Favorite food. Um, I mean, I I, lo- I I really appreciate really obviously just like anybody else, really good cooked food. Um, one of my favorite restaurants back in the day was, was Carlisle Grand. Um, it's American cuisine, but you know they just you know make a great salmon and sauce or a great chicken palliard and sauce. I mean, a lot of dishes that are really great. They have to have a really you know, good sauce and someone has to know how to properly cook the protein and it be seasoned. Um, so, but I like a lot of different, you know, I have an eclectic, you know, palate, you know, as far as liking Jamaican food or, you know, liking Peruvian food or liking Cuban food or Asian food. I mean, it really is, does it, is it prepared well? Is it plated well? Is it seasoned well? And I pretty much like it other than things that just visually gross me out, you know? You need to be like on a guest judge of an episode of Chopped on the Food Network or something. <laughs> I listen. I know. I definitely know my food. I mean, I don't. I don't yes. as much, probably to the chagrin of my boyfriend, um, you know, or whoever. But you know, I'm definitely eat out person pretty much every day, um, just because I don't have that kind of time. And I think it's just better to put my time towards doing what I'm trying to accomplish rather than you know, than cooking if I can. Um, but if I have, you know, a, an event, you know, for me, when it comes to cooking, like I, I everything that I do, I want to do it like really, really, really well. So if I can't like <laughs> bring out all the ingredients and have all the time, you know, to season and do everything right and layer and layer of the food and then it's like, eh, you know, whatever. Or if I'm cooking for somebody and I have time to do it the way I want it, then that's cool. But to sit there and, you know, kind of stand over a stove and cook a meal, you know, and spend that kind of time and when the way that food perishes so quick nowadays, I mean, I just rather eat when I'm hungry and it come right away. You know what I mean? 
that's what I always say. I always say I don't have the patience when I'm hungry. I'm hungry and I have to eat. I'm hungry. I don't have time to sit there and be, you know, peeling the skin off, you know, the skin, gaining strength, you know, getting out all. I mean, you, you, I mean, you buy, I just like, I don't buy, you know, vegetables and hardly buy, you know, fruits anymore because things just perish too quickly. It's just not worth buying all of those things and having it go away. So that's why in my house, if you're looking through my cupboard, you're going to find more things that are more like, you know, snacks or things that don't perish. Or maybe it's like breakfast food. Um, I'm not going to be keeping vegetables. If I get, you know, if I get fruits in my house, it's going to be things that don't spoil as quickly. Like I don't buy strawberries because you buy strawberries, they go bad two days. Yeah. And you then know, like I buy things that, that $10. a lot longer. And they're like ten dollars, and then it's like, right. and you're not going to eat the whole bucket of strawberries. So it's like a, a waste. I would rather Ugh. order from Uber Eats and get, you know, order from a healthy place that can drop off a celery juice and my salad, and then know that every day it's going to be fresh rather than, you know, soggy, you know, soggy grass, you know, the next day in my <laughs> fridge, you know, because it's, you know, it's just, it's just not worth all the money that you're losing and throwing away, you know. You get me. I've never felt more seen. That's right. See, exactly. You know, people are like, yeah, you don't cook. I'm like, oh my gosh, you spend that much time cooking. I could have probably yeah. broke new stories or done something to build myself up in that time that you were standing over the kitchen and you could have Uber Eats and been done with that two and a half hours ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like time is so limited. We all get the same 24 hours, and it's like, you know, how are we spending that moving forward for the next day? And you know, unless I'm I'm cooking for a loved one. It's just like, you know, whichever. And I and I want to be able to experience different foods, you know. I don't want to have to be basically eating something that I'm cooking, you know, that I'm used to every minute, you know what I mean? Totally. Speaking of limited time, oh, we're almost out of time together. So sad. We've got a couple fan questions to get to before you mm-hmm. go. So mm-hmm. first up from Swash Thrift. Thanks for submitting a question this week. Uh, they would like to know who is someone that inspires you? Who is someone that is currently is oh, my phone, sorry. Um who is currently inspiring me right now? Um anybody that is, you know, owning and doing their own thing and making boss moves. Um, and, you know, so that can be anyone. It can be Oprah, it can be Martha Stewart, Naomi Campbell has her own show, Charlemagne just got his own, you know, podcast platform, Bakari Sellers is doing his thing. Um, you know, I respect women who, uh, you know, have the business acumen, who have the intellect, um, you know, who uh, understand style, who understand details, you know, all in one. So, you know, I, I admire multiple people. It's not just in my field. I can draw inspiration from other people just doing it. Like I can draw last no, I can draw I can draw inspiration from watching Shark Tank. You know, yeah. people, you know, starting their own thing and having that spirit and, you know, having an idea and you know, all these companies that you purchase from every day in your everyday routine, someone started that business. So just you really have to ask yourself, you know, what do you do you want to be on the side of collecting checks, you know, or cutting checks? You know, do you want to be on the side of, you know, especially since I've not been on TV, you know, you get used to not answering to anybody. Right. You know, like I wake up and set my day, you know, what am I, 
And it's not that I won't ever work for anybody else again. Of course, you know, I have to eat and live. I'm not going to sit up there and I'm newish for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? But, but you know, but I, I want to at least have that in my repertoire to be able to work towards that and, and make it, you know, bigger, you know, over time. And just being less reliant on other people in general, you know, I just, and I, I, at least I know I can have it under my hands, you know, and let God be my agent and go from there, you know. Well, I think, you know, obviously you probably hear all the time, but I find you so inspiring, and especially with the launch of your new show and and doing something different in a different space and, and not just focusing on sports, but going beyond that. I, I think that there's just something so strong and cool about about what you're doing now. So I'm really excited to, to keep up and, and look forward to episode two. Y'all better go catch episode yeah. one. And and the other thing too, I think that's really important is, you know, someone was just interviewing me the other day and asking me why the, you know, I think that the ratings are down on network sports televisions or whatever. And it's not just because I'm not on, but that's a big reason. I'm joking. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's a huge reason why the, um, the ratings are down because, you know, sports is not, doesn't always have the biggest headline of the day. Mm-hmm. Football doesn't always have the biggest headline of the day. So you want to have a show. You want to be part of something that can that can flex to wherever it is. <laughs> you know, sometimes news leads the headline. Sometimes entertainment leads. Sometimes sports leads. So to box yourself into something where it might not be the you know the newsiest thing happening. Like I was just thinking, the start of this NFL season. I was like, it hasn't been as newsy like last year, and maybe we just got so you know. Uh, accustomed to Antonio Brown and all the, you know, headlines. I mean, that was a headline-making machine for, like, eight straight weeks, you know, and it was so captivating, everything that was going on, because it was just so unprecedented. But, you know, it's like now, it's just like, you know, what's really going on? You know, you have the injury news, but it, you had the Zidane Clowney and a story that I was on top of, you know, a couple of weeks ago, whatever. But since then, it's kind of, eh, you know, what's the story? So, you know, this year there's an election year. That's definitely going to be big headlines. There are major things going on in the streets of our society and things like that. And, you know, why would you cut yourself off from being able to go into a lane where you can gather more interest? Absolutely. Any given day, you know? I think that this is kind of a good lead into our second question from Solly Lowe. He says, advice for building your network. And I think more specifically, if I could add anything on to his question, looking outside of that sports realm, how have you developed a network from people all over the country in different facets of work? Well, um, as far as building my network outside of sports, it's going to take time. I mean, obviously, I do have contact with people that I know. Um, so, you know, and the people that know you from being on TV, yeah. you know, there's name equity. Um, so you use all of that, and sometimes it's just the cold email and the cold call. You know, I just reached out to a famous actor slash comedian over Instagram just before we did this call to see if he would do the show. Sometimes it's like that. Even when I planned and produced the, uh, you know, the thing that we did in Paris last year covering athletes walking to, um, you know, the big four fashion shows, you know, over the summer, um, when I reached out to Tom Brown, you know, Valentino, um, all of these, you know, famous, you know, designers and design houses, they didn't know me from a can of spam. I sent an email, um, uh, rude, you know, whatever. And then they ended up all, of, you know, agreeing to do it. And that was obviously there's some name recognition between 
who I am is some name recognition major race, not name, excuse me, name recognition, you know, with who I was working for. But, you know, they still don't have to say yes. And and I still remember when I was in Paris and, um, you know, obviously Balmain is a major, major brand. Olivia Rustin is the lead creative uh, uh, designer for um, for the brand. And I'd never met him. He saw me in person. And I, I tried to ask to interview him after his show. And his chief marketing officer was standing right there. Matter of fact, I have to try to write to them because they said they may do an interview with me in October. Um, <laughs> but, a reminder. Um, you know, I'm glad we're having this chat. Right, right, right. But he, I, you know, he see me for the first time, and you know, after the show, I walked up to him and I was like, "Oh, I want to interview him." And the CMO kind of interjected, like, "No, no, 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 Mr. Olivier, he is he is busy. He does not have time to be such a thing." And but Olivier saw the way I was dressed, and even though he didn't know me from a Canadian, you know, he knows nothing about. I shouldn't say nothing, but you know that he doesn't know um, a lot about the National Football League. Um, the way that I was dressed made him say, oh, I know this girl knows about fashion. And he granted me the interview. I could tell based on the way I was dressed because he appreciated that. And so sometimes it could just be as simple as that, you know, yeah. showing yourself up credibly in people's faces and looking like somebody. And that's why I do take care of the details, the substance of what you know and how you speak and, 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 the, and the knowledge that you command. But aesthetics, you know, and how you put yourself together matters, too. Before we we end, I usually like to end my podcast with asking this question to said guest. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's so important, you know, in addition to celebrating others, celebrating oneself and and what we've achieved. So what is something you are proud of yourself for? Um, Right now I'm proud of myself for, um, you know, having the the strength um, to do this. Um, project that I'm doing right now. I mean, it takes a lot to, you know, invest in yourself, um, you know, after making a major transition and working for Amazing Network for 10 years. I mean, it's very, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of change, a lot of things, you know, to go through as you, you know, kind of make, you know, a, a different transition. But the amount of work that we've gotten accomplished in the last six weeks to just build a studio from scratch to, you know, orchestrate two photo shoots to, get the engineering done to make everything work in the studio where you can talk at the TV and the person's talking back to you, the camera angles, you know, all the wiring, the sound, everything that we can still do better, you know, uh, putting the deck together, the pitch to show, trying to pitch the show, you know, all these other things. Yeah. I mean, getting the graphics together, animating it, building the website, you know, getting it, you know, getting an investor, you know, all of those things, you know, six weeks time, uh, I am, I am, and, and to see, like, you know, to build a diagram of what I wanted the set to look like, to conceive what I wanted, I knew what I wanted the website to look like, and it pretty much came out the exact way that I envisioned it, um, you know, uh, set designing, picking the stuff going in the studio, we're still working on that. Um, I'm, I'm very, very, very proud of that. Just to get it off the ground. What's daunting is like, oh my God, yeah, I got to keep this going. It's not just like this one episode and it's like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you got to still keep, you got to still keep this going. You know, it's like, damn it, you know, okay. And, you know, right now I'm playing, I'm doing the hats of multiple things, you know, being my own booker, being my own talent, you know, being my own, you know, camera person and all this other stuff until, you know, you get to the point where you can, you know, work with, um, um, you know, 
you know, more people, um, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, it's, you know, during the pandemic and I needed to make sure that I could work in a studio that was fully functional by me because truth be told, I really don't want to be around a whole bunch of people right now. So to be able Very to build smart. it, you know, build it virtually, um, you know, with the help of people over FaceTime, um, you know, it worked for the, the situation that we're in right now. Well, like you said, it it takes a lot to invest in yourself, but it also takes a lot and an incredibly kind heart to invest in others. So thank you so much for your time and your willingness to share a part of your story on the show. You are so appreciated. Oh, yeah, no, definitely thank you for having me. You know, I I do go through my messages, and, you know, if I have the time, I'm going to do it. So um, I appreciate you thinking of me, and, um, you know, good luck with your show and all the things that you're endeavoring. and you know, definitely continue to have a fearless spirit and don't let any, you know, thing that anybody says to you, don't let let anyone job, anyone employer, anyone, anything, you know, make you think anything of yourself and what you know you possess within your your soul and and what you can do with your own hands. Thank you for saying that. That means means a lot. Totally, totally. So, um, you know, good luck with your show and reach out if anything, okay? Yes, good luck with your show. Can't wait to see more episodes of it. Everyone go check it out, obviously. Like duh. All right, well, thank you guys. <laughs> I appreciate it. Everybody go check it out on www.undefinedwithcristineanderson.com. And, you know, Mr. Man Smith, you do your thing, okay? There's the plug. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode for Josina Anderson. I'm Amanda Smith. We'll catch you next time on How She Did It. 